crew, let's ranch it up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What the heck is going on here? What's going on here, Jose? Hey, no worries. It's me. Tigger. Hashtag OMG. <laughs> I do declare that is what, wait, what do you mean what's going on here? What are you talking about? Are you a little nervous uh, of change? Jared Wareham, by the way, are you a little nervous of change? It uh, sounds a little new. Sounds a little different. What are we doing here? Well, I would like to, well, first off, I'm going to say, hey, thanks for jumping on board with me. Whole new show crew. I want to welcome you to episode numero uno, the the maiden voyage of Ranch It Up. Yep, you heard me right. It's called Ranch It Up. And Jared Wareham, you decided, I think this was under duress, to uh, be my co-host the very, very first time out of the shoot. Red heart emoji, OMG, red heart emoji. (laughs) Does that that accurately... Right. Show your guests right. exactly how excited I am. And right. I, hey, what was the first thing I asked you? It's like, how far did you make it through your calling tree before you got to me? It's somebody that said, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> that, answer, that answered my phone call. Too many people know that. Uh, hey, no, man. Jared, thanks for thanks for coming on with us, by the way. Our very, very first episode. Good to have you back. And I wanted you to, one, just because you and I are good friends, I wanted you to come and kind of co-host with me a little bit right out of the shoot. And since we're talking about changes, how should I introduce you? Because you have had some very big changes professionally in your career, and you're moving in a little bit different direction as well, sir. Obviously, I appreciate you. You you think highly enough of me to to ask me to co-host your numero uno episode Mm -hmm. uh, with Ranch It Up. That's pretty darn exciting. I uh, obviously said yes right away and and, uh, promised I'd do my best not to... uh, not to mess the entire thing up. So to get to the question you ask, um, yeah, I've uh, had an opportunity arise uh, several months ago to you know continue to advance and have uh, you know, experience and work in an area that I believe uh, is right up my alley and continue to build on what I've what I've done my whole career, which is work in the genetic improvement field. And I can tell you that. Uh, I'm still drinking from a water hose. I am, I am, I am, you know how big of a nerd I am, man. You're I, a, you... love, oh, I love, the <laughs> how can I answer that, Mr. Jerry? Oh, I just, I just, I love cows. You're a cow rocks. geek. I do. Hashtag I cow geek. You are a beef nerd. I think that's yours, isn't it? Beef nerd or cow geek? One of those is your hashtag. you use. beef, your beef nerds unite is one of those things I used to use. Yeah. Cause I, I know I, I stole it. <laughs> oh man yeah and 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 i am i i don't know why i just I, I love gals i love the industry i love my friends in the industry and the things that uh, i'm involved in here at abs working in their new era program so abs as everybody is familiar with the, uh, uh, their work in the beef genetics field mm-hmm. as well as the dairy genetics field uh, you know, most of us uh, in the United States uh, have a perspective of what they do just here in beef and dairy, but they are a leader globally in genetics. And so that gets me pretty excited. And my role there is is in business development. So finding points of integration in the industry that uh, we can make those two pieces meet. Now, in terms of creating solutions, let's have a little cattle battle, shall we? 
Let's get it on. Cattle battle. Here's the cattle battle that I got for you today, y'all. We're talking about the NCBA convention and trade show. And let me just hold on everything right now to start it off. We're not talking about the policies of NCBA. I'm talking about the convention and the trade show specifically. We are not going into policy about anything whatsoever. We're talking about the trade show. Why? Because for people, Jared, you and I, we do an enormous amount of business at the actual trade show because so many of our colleagues like you and I, it's the opportunity for us to get together in uh, two, three, four days and go over an enormous amount of information. So the amount of visiting that I can do and the people that I can see in a short amount of time can be accomplished at the trade show. But lo and behold, CattleCon 21 is changing dates. August 10th through the 12th, 2021, they're calling it a tune into Tennessee, going back to Nashville for the Cattle Industry Convention and Trade Show at the Gaylord Opryland Resort and Convention Center. Ooh, four years ago, I think. Four years, five years ago, we were we were at Nashville, had a wonderful time. But this is going to be interesting because it's right. It, it's why well, it's our first cattle battle because it is right in the middle of rodeo season for me. Hopefully, it's right in the middle of rodeo season that uh, I'm going to be going to and from uh, announcing and then traveling to Nashville. But also, Jared, all of us are going to be putting up hay at that time. (laughs) I don't care where we're at. So I'm hoping that this will turn out to be a a very big gathering. But regardless, I will be there, and so will you. Yeah, and you're right. It'll present some, some interesting challenges from the perspective of what are the producers going to be doing and what's what's pulling at their time. Boy, you're right. I think I think that the ultimate determining factor, and, and I, I understand why, is what we're dealing with, uh, whatever, regardless of whatever you think about the, the COVID scenario. There's a lot of companies that have restricted travel uh, with their employees. Mm-hmm. So if they're not allowed to go to the trade show, the trade show then becomes half of what it maybe or less of what it normally would be. And that's a that's a big part of NCBA, you know, as you know, walking through that trade show, looking at uh, exhibitors and talking to friends and meeting industry people is, is where most of us spend a good chunk of our productive time. So mm-hmm. if the trade shows half or less of what it was because those companies have restricted travel, then I, I think they probably made a pretty smart decision here. I'm glad it's it's going to be moved back instead of just canceled altogether. Right, uh, right. I think it's such an important event. But yeah, you're, you're, that's a great point. Very good point. It does fall at a at a tough time for a lot of producers coast to coast. CattleCon 21, August 10th, 11th, and 12th, the Gaylord Opryland Resort and Convention Center in Nashville, Tennessee. Crew, it's time for the very first break. On Ranch It Up, go nowhere. Kids, memorize this. Say it all day long. Ranch it up. Boom. I love this time of year. It's busy, exciting, nerve-wracking all in one. And now that we're getting ready to run those calves across the scale, ask yourself, is it really working? Did it really work? It's not about pounds. It's about profit. Sim and Sim Genetics, the science breed. The science of genetic improvement is at the core of the breed's existence, period. Profit through science. That's Simmental. It works. Well, 
Welcome back, everyone, to Ranch It Up. You survived break number one of episode number one as we move into our feature segment. So here's a little hint for y'all on uh, who our special guest is today. Do you know who's going to be here? Okay, here's a hint. He is an expert at tying flies. He will teach you square dancing via Zoom. And, of course, he is the ASA and IGS Commercial and Industries Operations Director. Hey, Chip Kemp, how could it be anybody but you teaching us how to square dance? Well, the beauty of me (laughs) teaching you how to square dance is that we're all going to feel very good about ourselves when that Zoom call is over because it's going to be miserable while it's on. So I, I, I think it's safe to say that's not a Zoom you should join. I want to say thank you so much for being uh, my first guest on episode number one of the all-new Ranch It Up program. So first and foremost, I know I tease you all the time, but formally I want to say thank you very much, sir. My Sincerely, my honor and privilege, and I look forward to being uh, the guest on the 1,001st episode of Ranch It Up. I have that written down, 1001. So now that, that I was being... Very polite. Let me throw you under the bus. (laughs) That's a friend, ladies and gentlemen. That's a friend. He'll do that to you one day as well. That's how I roll. Uh, I was at the the sale barn today, and uh, I can see, I can hear you going, oh, boy, oh, boy. I was at the sale barn, and I wanted to, to get out of the studio. I wanted to see and hear for myself what calves were selling for. This was not good. It was awful. I will just be honest, Chip. It was, it was so darned tough. There were all of those different consigners, and they just kind of shook their head. There is so much pressure right now on the market. And you and I were talking off air, and you said some interesting things. And this is where I just, I just want to push back, and I want to ask some questions because you said, Tigger, there are lots of different ways that we can make money in this cattle business. But I got to be honest. I'm I'm sitting here thinking, boy, howdy, is there a way that I can make money in this cattle business? This is where, that's a big question, but I am pushing the mic back to you, sir. Oh, thank you so very, very much. <laughs> um, so here's what we all know. There's, there's no short-term planning in our business, right? Um, profit isn't an accident when we, on occasion, find it. Those things take months and, and years of planning. To, to put in play. So I'm not going to be nearly so silly or bold as to tell somebody who is sitting on a group of calves right now that they are determined or are in a position to have no choice, that they need to sell in the very near future. Yes, let's be honest. Um, there are little options. Let's be frank. That is what it's going to be. Now, there are things we can do that might help mitigate that a little bit. There might be opportunities to ensure that every bell and whistle that you can put on those calves through that sale barn are in place, whether that's uh, various programs that that particular sale facility has in place. Maybe they're more nationally known programs that can allow you to highlight how your calves compare to others. Does that mean that it's going to flip the needle 180? No, it just isn't. Again, if you are sitting right now with a, in a position where you have no choice but to sell calves, you know what the reality is going to be. Mm-hmm. My thought about there's definitely money to be made in the beef business comes a, a bit more in the midterm, in the long-term view. 
In the short term, maybe the situation is, maybe I have to hold on to these calves for a little while. There are indications that next year brings some promise. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe holding those calves a little bit longer, if you can justify it, buys you the opportunity to get to the other side. Maybe for some of us, those some of those heifers that we were going to sell as feeder calves, ultimately maybe we turn them into a, a different product down the road. Maybe she stays around longer and she gets bred and we market her that way. Maybe some of these go into some local programs where folks are needing to feed some cattle for some niche programs. But again, in the very near term, it's difficult to change something that was put in motion months and months ago. Right. So our goal is to try to put us in a position where this doesn't happen to us over and over year after year. That's where you and I are, are going to be most helpful in discussing. So how can we do that? Well, One, and that, well, here's, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in here, Chip, but I know there's people listening right now and they're going to say, oh, come on, Tigger, you just, you got Chip on and you're going to talk about the feeder profit calculator. This is exactly right. Those of you that are thinking this, you are 100% right because, Chip, I, wanted, I really want to throw this question at you, and that is, it, we've talked about it a lot, about the IGS feeder profit calculator. It's simple, it's fast, it's free, it works. That's what you say, is that it works. So here's my question. Does this actually work? Can it help? Even though, like you said, short term, is it, it is what it is. If we had calves consigned to sell on a certain day, that's what it is. But meeting that medium term and long term intermediate is what you said, intermediate and long term goals. Does the feeder profit calculator work? Certainly it does, and I'll come back to that. Okay. But I think the bigger question is, before we talk about the profit calculator, is for those who are listening, who are selling right now in the midst of the paint, my question, is that working? Because I would argue that in many cases right now, if we're honest with ourselves, it's not. And so we have to start thinking about novel ways to handle our business. Here's what we know about the commodity-based beef business. If we do it like everybody else do, does it, it's a basic of economics. There are very few winners in a commodity product when everybody does it alike. So is what you're doing working? If not, then we have to start thinking about novel things. Maybe it's using different breed types than you were using before. Maybe it's uh, having birth date or calving windows that are different than maybe what all your neighbors do. Maybe it's less about pounds and pride and ego, and maybe it's more about profits. So the banker goes, hey, you can stay there for a while. We're good now. So that to me is where the profit opportunities come is let's be novel. Now, the profit calculator specifically is going to gauge the level of genetic awareness, the genetic prowess, the health and management you put in those casts. It isn't magic. It simply takes your hard work, codifies it, puts it in a digital form or on a piece of paper so that somebody else can say, okay, a third party recognizes the level of your work. Now, it takes effort, just like anything that has value. It's not going to, it's not a magic silver bullet, um, but it does give you the opportunity to have um, a highlight, a tool that can say, my calves have this built into them. That means I focused on the profit potential for the buyer. And what do we see? Frequently, frequently, whether it's online or in terrestrial sales, 
when the hard work is done, we see folks paying up because as much as we on the cow-calf sector lament some of our challenges, there's a lot of challenges for cattle feeders as well. They too need facts. And so if we can share some of those facts, and yes, profit calculator is cheap. Free is a pretty cheap price. It is pretty quick and it is pretty easy. But if it can give meaningful metrics that all parties involved can have some level of confidence in, that helps your family and it helps their family be better positioned for tomorrow. And that's what we're trying to do. Chip Camp with the American Semental Association and the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator. Always a pleasure to visit with you, sir. And thank you again. Thank you so much for being my first guest on the Maiden Voyage crew of Ranch It Up. So go nowhere. We've got very important messages coming up from our partners. And we talk cattle markets and more when we come back right here on Ranch It Up. To be known, you have to be seen. To be seen, you have to be noticed. Downtown Threads has us covered. They provide that upscale, stylish, noticeable custom embroidery design for premium clothing, apparel, and caps. They do it all for us. Downtown Threads Oklahoma has the graphic design team and knowledge to take your look to the next level and be seen. Call today, 580-237-7060, and follow on Facebook at Downtown Threads Oklahoma. Hashtag Tigger approved. Everyone asks me, Tigger, where do you get your boots? What do you look for in boots? Well, for me, it's customer service and American-made boots and tack. Medora Boot and Western Wear takes care of everything I need. You can shop online at MedoraBoot.com or follow along Facebook and Instagram. Give Medora Boot and Western Wear a call and tell them Tigger sent you. Medora Boot and Western Wear, making boots great again. Hashtag Tigger approved. Shaley Stewart with Cattle Market News and DTN. Shaley, you're still there. You're still Absolutely. here. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to be here every day, whether you like it or not. If you don't call me, I'm going to give you a call. So just get used to it. Rebecca and I are going to be chit-chatting, and sooner or later, you're going to be looped in. So don't even worry about it. Here every week, as always. You sent me a text, and you said, uh, you, said you go, we go. And I just kind of slapped myself on the forehead and said, you know what? I created a monster four years ago but hey so glad that you are going to continue with us here on ranch it up talking cows talking markets uh or the lack thereof i guess (laughs) that's actually a good way to Mm -hmm. paraphrase last week's trade i mean it was a little brutal and gruesome and and, in such a disappointing manner because there was an opportunity that um honestly feedlots didn't get because of the lack of participation and willingness from the packer front so really disappointing for our friends and fellow feedlots and for our cow calf producers because it does have a trickle down effect and one thing i wanted to bring up and uh, dance with you a little bit shaley is uh last week i spent not a lot of time but i spent a little time at one of uh one of our sale barns just because i wanted to get th- the feel of what people were potentially thinking. It wasn't necessarily the prices because I can, you know, go anywhere and discover those, but I wanted to get the feel of what was going through people's minds. And I don't want to say depression, but it was just it was a lot of frustration and disgust of come on, man. Your fucking said, come on, man, we need a win. I think so well, many people are in that yeah. position where we need a win. 
Absolutely. And I think that people are just absorbing so much at, at this point, you know, we're almost done with 2020 and, you know, at the market is done when it's done. COVID is mm. done when it's done. They're mm. tired of the election drama. Mm. You know, there's been so much to take and swallow. And so let's just go ahead and talk about the cattle market because Please. I don't want to dance with those other topics. Hey, so, <laughs> look, look at know, her. All of a sudden she comes on ranching up and she's driving the big rig this time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'll, I guess I'll step up to that plate. Well, you know, I think that part of the reason why producers are just kind of at their ends is simply because they've had a lot to endure and a lot to chew on, like we mentioned. And let's just take the last couple of weeks, for example, let's step back, not worry about getting into too much of the details, but really just broadcasting and painting what the market is. So two weeks ago, we had the market test the market's new limits. And so that's really scary because as those limits are expanded, that really tells us how much further the market can drop and fall. And so that week, the market dropped and fell. And then this past week, the market rallied. And it was so exciting because the November feeder cattle contract rallied seven dollars and 75 cents in a week time and the january feeder cattle contract rallied eight dollars and 58 cents from friday to friday changes so an absolutely robust marketplace mm-hmm. and it was great but then a couple different factors that ended the market on a disappointing note overall first and foremost being from the lack of participation from packers on the fat cattle market so packers really dug in their heels and after they kind of got a spank in the weekend the week before with lower prices they said you know what? we're not doing that again we are going to stick our heels in the ground. We're going to wait till Thursday and Friday, and then we're going to market cattle because we know at that point in time, it's more advantageous. So they stuck their heels on the ground Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we started to see some trade. Friday, we started to see a little bit more trade. But Tigger, last week's movement was sub 30,000 head. You and I both know that they harvest more than 120,000 head per day. And last week, their total cash cattle, negotiated cattle volume was sub 30,000. That was a big kick in the chops to, to feedlots just simply because, you know what, they tried. They did everything that they could. And Packers just simply walked out of the doors on Friday, shot them a wink and waved. And they said, you know, we're not wanting to buy your cattle this week. We don't want to give you higher prices. Actually, we're going to give you lower prices and we're not going to bid your cattle. And so Packers really um, kind of just stepped out of the marketplace and it was tough on feedlots. And so that was really disappointing to not only feedlots, but let's remember the market has a trickle down effect. That's disappointing to stockers. That's disappointing to backgrounders. That's disappointing to cow-calf producers. Because you know what? If their end product can't get marketed to a higher um, potential, then how can can feeders go in and pay higher prices? for these feeder calves and these weaned calves at sale barns. They can't. And so then that was the first disappointing facet. The second disappointing facet was this, and I bet you're glad you're not in Kansas anymore because of those dang ice storms that kind of infiltrated the Southern Plains and, and a lot of the uh, feeding region. So then not only were uh, cash cattle prices lower last week, but slaughter was lower because they weren't able to get cattle trucked into plants last week because of the ice on the roads. And then also some feedlots had to close their, or excuse me, some sale barns had to close their barns last week just simply because it was too dangerous and they didn't have power or there was too much ice or snow. So a lot to absorb last week. And it was a very um, kind of dynamic marketplace with just some oddity. I think that we have to just kind of wade through this time period and see what's going to come next. 
and let 2020 really wrap up, but I am too optimistic for 2021 and I'm excited for it because actually I've heard a lot of people kind of slogan it, the year of no fear. And what an exciting kind of phrase to use for 2021. And I hope that's exactly what we see transpire and come to fruition. So I don't know, Tigger, if that's what I'm going to go with it, the year of no fear. So let's go with that. <laughs> well, I'm going to sign out this way and say, you think 2020 was bad? When I was a kid, I had to hold the gate when dad was sorting. Boom! That's how it gets real. And now that's going to do it for today, everyone. A big thanks to our guests, Jared Wareham with ABS for co-hosting with me, Chip Kemp. I so appreciate the candid conversation. And, of course, Shaylee Stewart with Cattle Market News and DTN. Our partners, check them out, crew. The American Cemental Association, the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Downtown Threads, Medora Boot and Western Wear. Hey, Christmas is right around the corner. And Ranch House Coffee. And crew, so glad y'all are with me one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to follow and like us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show, okay? Ranch It Up Show. We will be bringing you Ranch It Up TV. Uh Uh-huh, we're going that way too. That's coming up shortly. So be sure to follow and like us on Facebook. Our email, Ranch It Up Show at gmail.com and you can call us 24 7 leave me a message 707 ranch 20 did y'all hear that it it changed just a little bit 707 ranch 20 and if you would please spread the good word that tigger is still here always will be till the end of days (laughs) join us next week right here all new guests all new co-hosts all new cow stuff with the beef nerds, the cow geeks, where it's always Tigger approved for those of us who live at the end of dirt roads as we ranch it up. I have about a half a dozen questions, quick like, as we talk cattle, selling cattle, selling feeder cattle. Are you finally done with the drama? Do you really want to know what drives profit in those calves? What could drive profit in those calves? Is it time for services that are for the real world that work today as well as tomorrow? If your bull purchases don't come with genetic predictions from International Genetic Solutions, You need to ask why not. Here's another question you need to ask. Why isn't your seed stock supplier using the most advanced approach to genetic evaluation in the business? We have all been through enough, but we need a little bit more. On my outfit, it's real simple. We use genetic partners that value our dollars as much as we do. IGS, International Genetic Solutions. Ask for it. Why? Because it works.